Hello, my friends. This is Bishop Campbell welcoming you again to a short meditation on the theme of living the Catholic life. This past Sunday, as our first reading, we had a passage from the book of Deuteronomy. That is the last book of the so-called Pentateuch. It is the last book of the Jewish Torah. And it is a very interesting book. It was called Deuteronomy, which means the second law, because apparently it was a book of the Bible that was discovered by uh, King Josiah, uh, king of Judah, when he was repairing and expanding the temple. And in pulling out one wall, they discovered this book, this uh, new law. And of course, it began an extraordinary reform uh, movement within ancient uh, Judaism. But the book of Deuteronomy is a book which describes, in a sense, Moses' farewell to the Israelites just before they were to enter the Promised Land. Moses, because of an earlier failure, was told by God that he would not be able to enter that promised land. So just at the kind of threshold of the end of the the Exodus, Moses addressed the people, summoning up his own ministry and summoning up and reminding the people of what had occurred in that Exodus, reminding them of the great works of God's mercy and love and power and their escape from slavery and also summed up the law that had been revealed to them. And in that law, he said, fundamentally, now you have a choice, and it's a stark one. It is a choice between life and a blessing and death and a curse. And it is remembering what God has done for you following his commandments and his direction, will be life and death, or life and blessing, rather, and avoidance of death and a curse. But in the reading for last Sunday, you notice that Moses said that you have called for a prophet that will continue on occasion to expand the law, to teach the people, and to deepen their understanding And God will raise up prophets, like I am a prophet, for your good. And those prophets will steer you in the right direction, will face the questions that all of you face, will encourage you in difficult times. But he said, remember, that prophets are chosen by God. They are not self-willed or self-described. He said, The fate of false prophets who claim to be giving a message from God that God never gave will be dealt with severely. But thinking of that first reading in the book of Deuteronomy, I think of the role of the prophet that played such a significant part in the Old Testament among the Jewish people and in fact continues, in a sense, to play a large role among the Christian faithful. But we have to understand precisely what a prophet 
was in the ancient world. So often we confuse the term prophet with seer or clairvoyant, of one who tells the future. But that's not what a prophet was called by God to do. A prophet was called by God and given a mission to remind the people of what it meant to live as God's people, following the law, especially when they had wandered or when they had adopted pagan practices or followed false gods. A prophet was sent among them to remind them of who they were and what God had had called them to do and to be. Sometimes this made the prophet's life a great difficulty. In fact, many of the prophets, when they were first called, tried to run away from the vocation. But God always told them, I will give you the strength to preach the word that I will plant in your heart, in your mind, and on your lips. Jeremiah was eventually imprisoned for his remarkable and sharp call to repentance and to return to the law. And sometimes when a prophet was calling the people, he would tell them, if you do not reform, if you do not follow God's law, this is what inevitably will happen if you abandon the law of God and the understanding of who you are. There will be grave difficulties, even defeat in war, even exile. But a prophet is not really telling the future. He is simply speaking of the consequences that are involved with abandoning the mission to which a people is called. So therefore, a prophet was explaining the revelation of God, explaining the meaning of the law, explaining of uh, our dignity as chosen by an all-loving and all-merciful God. Now, in last Sunday's reading, this uh, passage from the book of Deuteronomy was joined to a passage from the Gospel of Mark, and I think it was done so because Our our Lord, beginning his preaching, was revealing himself as the perfection of prophecy, in a sense as an end of Old Testament prophecy. The people who heard Jesus speak said that he preaches with authority. He has a voice that can even expel demons. And that preaching with authority was an indication to many people that he had an authentic call from God the Father as a prophet and as an exemplar of Moses. Now, it reminds me that in Christian faith, there are three so-called offices that are attached to Jesus. They are the offices of priest, of prophet, and king. The priest, prophet, and king were offices that had been living out and forming the Jewish community. They were separate at the time, but complementary and joined together. But in Jesus Christ, all three offices of the people of God, priest, prophet, and king, were joined together. 
And these three offices of Jesus passed into the church so that the church itself, through baptism, expresses the priesthood of Jesus Christ, his prophetic character, and his kingship, the power of sanctification, the power of preaching, and the power of ruling. Now that prophetic office is one that is given to all Christians who are baptized. It is given and directed through the power of the Holy Spirit. But also the prophetic power that is given to the church as a body, and especially to the bishops in union with uh, the Holy Father, have a prophetic power to attest to the authenticity of a prophetic call. As St. Paul said, be always open to the call of the Spirit, but test everything so that you might uh, understand when it is authentic and when it is inauthentic. And this prophetic call is really lived out in various ways within the life of the church. I think of the uh, the role in, in church law and church understanding of an authentic teacher. And there are four names mentioned, the Pope, the Bishop, pastors who are given responsibility for a portion of the people uh, of God, and parents. And all of these offices are, in a sense, prophetic offices because they teach uh, the faith, they hand it on, they uh, explicate it, and they call others to live it more fully. But even outside uh, Pope, bishops, pastors, and parents, all the faithful participate in the prophetic office by their manner of life. The Second uh, Vatican Council made it very clear that the primary role of the laity is to transform the world in which they work, in which they live, in which they uh, have leisure, to transform it according to the pattern of Christ. And this they do by how they live, the choices they make, how they relate to other peoples, how uh, they express the virtues in, in their work and in their play and in their neighborhood. And this is a prophetic role, and it is a necessary one. So simply by setting a Christian example in word and deed is a powerful prophetic voice and part of the participation in the prophetic office of Jesus Christ. But this prophetic life needs always to be realized within the body of the church. As St. Paul said, if a gift, a prophetic gift of the Spirit is given for the upbuilding of the church and causes a greater fervor and upbuilding and expansion, it is authentic. If it causes division, it is not of the Holy Spirit. And you might notice that in the Gospels, 
Jesus's prophetic role is expressed really in two ways that come together. It is expressed in word, that is, in his preaching, in his parables, and in his deeds, especially in the the miracles of forgiveness and healing. And in word and deed, the ministry of Jesus Christ is revealed, and in word and deed, the prophetic vocation of the Christian people is realized. 